Facebook sees engagement uptick, Snap gets its groove back, and Facebook rolls on in earnings while FTC fine gets put in place. It's Monday, July 29th, 2019. All of that's coming up along with the week's news quick hits on episode 372 of Brave Ad World. New consumers, new media, new strategies. This is Brave Ad World. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 372 of Brave Ad World, the official podcast of BraveAdWorld.com, which combines actual insights with some of the latest headlines in social media and digital marketing news. Every week or close to it, I take the top stories, provide a recap, and then share insights as to what those stories might mean to us as marketers. My name is Taylor Wigert, and we have quite a bit to get through this week. It was earnings week, which tends to just generate quite a bit of news. So let's just dive into things and talk about kind of some good news for once for for Facebook. Um, Because way back in 2016, context collapse was cited as this thing is a potential cause in the decline of Facebook users creating original content for the platform. Well, here we are three years later, and Facebook actually has some good news to share. Facebook's actually seen an increase in engagement on its platform in terms of the median number of comments, likes, as well as ads clicked. Ads clicked. People are engaging. Facebook's use of, of machine learning and algorithms, those have been cited for the uptick in user interaction. Facebook's just doing a better job of serving up content to users that's relevant uh, in their feeds. And the success of stories, which actually now has more than 500 million daily users on Facebook, may also be playing a significant role in getting users engaged on the platform. Engagement, it's a big concern for any platform as everyone from YouTube to, to Twitter to everybody. They're working to tweak their platforms just enough to get users to interact on them more. And that makes this good news for Facebook because it has faced speculation that it's on the decline with younger users looking to other platforms when it comes to spending their time and users just in general spending less time in Facebook, especially as it started to try to weed out some of the more incendiary content in the newsfeed. People, if there was concern that people would spend less time there, but Facebook from an engagement standpoint, it looks pretty strong. It looks like it's Doing, doing just fine, and for Facebook, like that's that's good news at a time when the headlines are pretty negative toward Facebook, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, let's jump to our next story and talk about Snap, because Snap Inc., they had a pretty surprisingly strong Q2 earnings report. They showed daily user growth was up 7% over Q1, hitting 203 million users. It was also able to increase revenue 48%, over the previous year, which beat expectations. The report, it it really gave the platform this much needed reprieve from disappointing quarterly results pretty much since the company went public. As you know, Facebook faced a similar situation when it first went public, Twitter, same thing. But after consecutive quarters marked with user growth declines and stagnation, decreasing number of downloads, other platforms, duplicating core Snapchat features, Instagram, and a redesign pretty much hated by all of its existing users, Q2 showed that Snap Inc. may actually be starting to snap back. Uh, The biggest reason for Snap's return to grace 
has kind of been this renewed emphasis on younger users. Snap's Bosch redesign, it was intended to bring older users onto the platform, but after that effort failed, Snap's kind of refocused on younger users. So it now actually reaches 90% of US 13 to 24 year olds, 90%. That effort paired with improvements to its ad tech has kind of made Snap a much more reliable platform for advertisers because they can more easily implement and track their campaigns. One final piece I want to talk about that really seems to have helped Snapchat as is its focus on lenses. Snapchat's face swap function and other filters, they increased user engagement along with the April launch of Snap Games that lets users play games seamlessly through Snapchat lenses. So it's too early to call Snapchat's recent success a complete comeback, but it is showing signs of life as it focuses more specifically on a core user base and features that keep that user base engaged. Snapchat appears to have kind of abandoned its plans to be a broad appeal platform like Facebook, for now at least, and that focus really seems to be playing off. It's super strong with teens, and other than TikTok, like that is something that Snapchat can really uh, play off of when it comes to getting advertisers onto its platform. All right, let's talk about Facebook and their earnings report. Because Facebook, they also released their Q2 earnings this week. They generated $16.6 billion in ad revenue, 28, which is a 28% increase over last year, and also beat expectations. So obviously, Facebook doing just fine financially. But that wasn't the only news we got this week uh, in regards to Facebook's earnings. More details were also revealed around Facebook's $5 billion fine from the FTC for privacy violations. In addition to the fine, Facebook is going to have to create an independent privacy committee that will limit Mark Zuckerberg's privacy decision-making power, and members of that committee can only be fired by a supermajority of the Facebook board of directors, so there's some protection on this group. There are compliance officers that are going to need to be put in place and approved by the committee. Compliance officers, they'll be responsible for a quarterly privacy policy certification, which Mark Zuckerberg, he's going to have to personally sign off on. So he's going to be held to a higher level of responsibility than he has been in the past. Beyond that, more oversight is going to be put into place over third-party developers and how how they're using Facebook data. Uh, There will also be regular privacy audits. Those are going to be required. And while Facebook probably isn't a fan of any of this, None of its core business model is required to change, and Facebook wasn't required to admit any wrongdoing either. So that's good news for Facebook. But all of this, like that doesn't mean Facebook is out of the woods. Last week, we saw a pretty increasingly skeptical Congress grill Facebook over its desire to launch a cryptocurrency. It was also revealed that Facebook is under another investigation, this one focused on antitrust from the FTC. So the narrative, you know, Facebook had another stellar quarter, despite all of that, all that it's been going through, pretty stellar. But we're starting to see oversight catch up to the social network a little bit as it attempts to kind of emphasize a future with a greater emphasis on privacy. Facebook really wants to position itself as a privacy-focused platform in this next version of itself. Facebook is clearly feeling the heat, hence the increased emphasis on privacy, but overall, it's gotten through all of this pretty cleanly. Now, what's going to be interesting, though, is watching to see 
if, if any of this has any more effect moving forward. As the heat kind of intensifies from a regulation standpoint, what does that look like for a Facebook future? Right now, it appears to be, for the most part, status quo. All right, that is it for the week's main stories. So now I'm going to dive into the news quick hits where I'm going to hit other stories that happened this week at a high level that didn't get discussed earlier. And there are quite a few. Uh, The FTC, they reached a settlement with Google over YouTube and its mishandling of data privacy laws in regards to children's videos. The settlement states that Google did not adequately protect children enough to meet COPA standards. Google will pay a multi-million dollar fine, and the FTC stated that it plans to update internet privacy rules for children. Google has closed a loophole that let publishers detect users in incognito mode on their Chrome browsers to get around paywalls. Google is joining the likes of Apple in limiting user tracking, and up until this point, publishers could still detect users in incognito mode, and they could raise paywalls accordingly. This update, though, it protects users, but it comes at the cost of limiting the tools at publishers' disposal to monetize their content. So we can expect some new approaches to paywalls in the near future in response to this update. The Justice Department, they announced plans to investigate the market power of major internet companies. This will be joining existing investigations underway by both Congress and the FTC. Now, the Justice Department, they didn't name any companies specifically, but they did say they have plans to look into search, wonder who that could be, retail, hmm, I don't know, Uh, social media categories, hmm, well, we'll see which companies they're referring to, but right now we at least know the categories. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. Pinterest is giving advertisers more tools. A new beta program allows ad ad buyers to share conversion data with Pinterest to better measure app performance on the platform. It's also letting advertisers automatically create promoted pins based on their product catalog. So it's going to be a lot easier to generate ads on Pinterest since it's going to be pretty much done automatically should an advertiser link Pinterest to their product catalogs. Amazon's A-L-E-X-A audio ads are getting a few more details as Amazon pitches the opportunity. It's guaranteeing a million listeners for brands. Amazon's positioning the units as significantly more interactive than what advertisers can get from the likes of Spotify or Pandora. Users can respond to the ads with their voices to add items to their shopping carts, for example. So this is just an expansion of a test that Amazon has been running. So it's unclear when the units are going to expand even more, but they're clearly working on them. YouTube is now selling masthead ads on a CPM basis. Advertisers can also use Google's robust targeting offering to determine who sees those ads. The the feature is available for all advertisers willing to meet minimum spend requirements. This is a pretty this is pretty prime real estate that's been limited to the highest spending advertisers until now. So this is kind of a big deal. Amazon reported a 20% jump in revenue, reaching $63.4 billion in Q2, but profits, they weren't up to snuff for investors. That sent shares down 1.6%. One of Amazon's biggest revenue drivers is cloud computing. And while it did bring in strong numbers once again this quarter, its growth in this area is slowing because competitors like Microsoft are stepping up. Alphabet, they went up 9% after they were able to beat revenue and earnings expectations. Google also announced $25 billion in stock buybacks, so that probably had something to do with the jump as well. Uh, The news comes after a disappointing report for Q1, so investors were happy to see 
the rebound. But for Alphabet and other tech companies, like I said, talk of regulation and investigation loom on the horizon. We'll see what effect that has over the next year. Facebook is moving Instant Games to its new gaming tab inside Facebook from Messenger. So now when users activate Instant Games within Messenger, they'll open the Facebook application to play. The goal here is to kind of create a unified destinations for games within the Facebook platform, which will now be this this games tab. And lastly, Twitter, they had a pretty great Q2 earnings report, beating Wall Street expectations and revenue by 18% over last year and adding 5 million daily users. Now the platform has 139 million users. Twitter did warn investors, though, that its revenue will likely come down in, in come in lower than analyst projections of $872 million in upcoming quarters. And they said the reason is because they plan on retiring some of their less successful ad formats. So there's going to be much less choice in terms of how you can advertise on Twitter, but they're going to be doubling down on kind of the best performing offerings. All right, that's it for episode 372 of Brave Ad World. Before I let you go, I always want to hear from you. Send questions, send comments, let me know what you like, let me know what you don't like to braveadworld at gmail.com. And if you get a chance, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps me know what you think and it helps others find the podcast. I can be found on Twitter at T Wickert. That's T-W-I-E-G-E-R-T. You can also check out braveadworld.com where I occasionally share my personal thoughts on marketing. As always, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a really great week. Thanks for listening. For more, check out braveadworld.com.